Good morning, Cross Train Church. Happy Sunday as we celebrate the 4th of July. I have my freedom bird ready to talk about the freedom in Christ as we conclude our third message in a three-part series that's titled E Pluribus Unum. My name is Jeff Dawkins, and I'm one of the elders at Cross Train Church where we teach people and train them to teach God's word. So you need a Bible, and if you don't have a Bible, check your phone, maybe someone with you has a Bible as you're celebrating today. Let me open in prayer. Father God, on this Holy Sabbath day, we give you all the grace and honor and praise that you're so worthy to give. And Lord Jesus, I pray that let not my words cause one single person to stumble in pursuit of the heart that you're offering them. And Lord, that not one thing that I say cause someone to see an example other than what Jesus Christ has given with his life, death, and resurrection. Thank you, Lord. I pray you bless this time and open the eyes of those people that need to see. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. In your name I pray, amen. So, we had talked previously about Revelation chapter 5. I actually brought you to the end of Revelation 4. And the first message, if you haven't watched that or the second, I encourage you, stop now. Go back and spend the 15 minutes and watch the first message. Spend the 15 minutes and watch the second message. And then you'll have continuity and a little more context when you hear what we're going to talk about today. So, the second message drove us into the truth that there's really only one authority in our lives. The first message was about smashing away the idols and trying to find someone that could actually be worthy. Well, one Savior could take responsibility to withstand the judgment from a holy God on his creation, just for abandoning his holiness freely given, is Jesus. One who can make us all holy in the sight of his Father in heaven. And there's only one worthy to bring the world's diversity into one obedient family in his book of life. And that person's Jesus. He was there in the beginning. He holds his Father's authority and power in heaven. And if all Jesus did was provide the bridge for all mankind to experience grace and redemption, then we would be more blessed than there are words to describe. But Jesus didn't stop at executing he and his Father's plan through his Spirit and saving us all. In fact, he's created us on purpose for a purpose. So open your Bibles to Revelation 5. And follow along as I read verses 10 through 14 to finish the third part of the discussion on how will God reconcile a world of diversity into a heaven of unity one day. Go ahead and take a moment and get to your Bibles and get to that section. Verse 10. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them. I heard saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. The last part 
of the driving statement on this thought for you to chew on completes our sentence that started on Friday. Out of the many that are seeking while lost, the authority of the risen Christ makes them all one for his purpose. Let me say that again. Out of the many that are seeking while lost, the authority of the risen Christ makes them all one for his purpose. The text in the last part of chapter 5 in Revelation opens with what the Lord holds as our given purpose when saved while remaining on earth. We are to be, as, as stated, a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. So how does that work? We're looking at two separate parts. This is the first one. What does it mean to be a kingdom or priest to God? So if this is our assigned purpose and our reason that the Lord leaves us here on earth until his appointed time, how do we describe our job duties? Well, let's start by looking at an Old Testament example of this found in Psalm 47, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read it for you right now. Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. For the Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues people under and nations under his feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of Jacob, whom he loves. So this highlights that the Lord is the one king over all the earth. And he doesn't bend a knee to the differences and diversity in our world that so easily can sow distrust, discontentment, discouragement. But he doesn't even compromise and accept being canceled in a culture that is based on people's opinions of the day. He is the one objective truth. He is the king. So we also have that privilege of seizing our inheritance, one distinguished as princes to that great king and princesses. So we see the objective truth of Scripture showing that we're his kingdom people, and not just a people, but we're royalty and rulers over the systems of the world perpetuated by the enemy. The prince of the power of the air is how the Bible describes Satan on earth. But we have many examples in the Bible of kingdom people language, but what's the second part of our purpose? Well, knowing your purpose creates focus. Focus through daily discipline sharpens your will. And it's our will which compels us to place idols in our lives. Yet, when our will aligns rightly with the Spirit of God inside of all believers, then our will is used as a catalyst to accomplish God's purpose. So, what do priests to God that reign on the earth do? What's the job description for that? How do I sign up for that job? Well, the Bible doesn't leave that up in the air and gives us some clear examples. Priests in the Bible were of the tribe of Levi. Think Leviticus. And here's what the Lord spoke to Moses' brother Aaron in Numbers 18 verses 1 through 3 on what it really meant to be a priest. So Numbers is in the Old Testament and it's one of the first five books of the Bible. It's in the Pentateuch. So listen as I read along. So the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons and your father's household with you shall bear the guilt in connection with the sanctuary. And you and your sons with you shall bear the guilt in connection with your priesthood. But bring with you also your brothers, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of your father, that they may be joined with you and serve you while you and your sons with you are before the tent of the testimony. And they shall thus attend your obligation, the obligation of all the tent, but they shall not come near to the furnishings of the sanctuary and the altar, or both they and you will die. You may want to rethink that job description again if you weren't very clear. Because priests of the Lord were sanctified. They, they were set apart for one purpose. 
and it was to attend to the temple. The priests of the Lord were set aside to attend to the temple. Well, the Revelation temple, now realized through the glorification of Jesus, is to be worshipped and magnified and protected by his priests. It's us who are saved. We're his priests. And that's the role that we now take on earth as believers. We protect the majesty of objective biblical truth, and we point people to God's living word, Jesus, at all times. We represent his kingdom on earth, and we reign over the spiritual forces that Satan conspires against us. And as we keep our lives close to Christ, we draw others to that example as well. Make no mistake, Satan has no power over the sealed believer. He cannot indwell you because Jesus has that throne. And that's the key. We can understand and live out our purpose in our lives for people to see, especially when they're struggling, specifically when you strip away all the quote-unquote goodness and blessings that you would say in your life, when you strip away the things of this world that it has to offer and you're left with only some tears alone on a pillow, that's when Jesus shows up and we get to see our purpose. And in that way, we can fulfill our royal priestly calling. But how does this reconcile diversity into unity at all? Well, the Bible is not silent on that point either. Paul writes to the churches in Galatia in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 26 through 28. Listen to this. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All people everywhere will be giving blessing, honor, glory, and dominion over their lives to the one who sits on the throne, Jesus. The writer of Hebrews affirms our purpose and meaning as Christ's followers when he writes, For those who say such things make it clear that they're seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they'd been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had an opportunity to return. And this is verse 16, it reads, But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. With everything that we've studied throughout the past two and now half days, look at how the last verse in Revelation chapter 5 ends. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Let me say that again. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. That can only lead us to our third scriptural truth. That the one God of the universe has elected his saved and redeemed people to serve him while on earth as his guardians of his written word and proclaimers of the one objective truth about the Son of God, Jesus as Revelation 5 shows us, we are left on earth to learn to grow together in unity, to bring honor and praise and glory to the Lord. We're left here on purpose, for purpose, and that purpose is to be ambassadors and banner wavers of the unity available to all people through the salvation offered in Christ. That's the truth. So I leave you with this. At the end of the final part of the message, reread Revelation. You can read uh, chapter 5, verses 10 through 14, but read the whole chapter again as a basis for discussion. It can be found through many different portals, including on our website at www.crosstrain.church. 
And as before, if you haven't had a chance and this is the first time you're hearing this, please go to our website, download the weekly resources to get today's training plan. And in that, you'll see our main thought for the weekend. You'll also see some takeaway discussion questions. And let me read the third one here for today for you guys to discuss. Do you live your reality given in 1 Peter 2.9? Because we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called all of his chosen people out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Do we live that way? That's our reality as Christians. Well, let me submit this to you. It traditionally takes 21 days to create a habit when trying something new. And if this is new, if this thought of being an ambassador or a banner waver, or even the fact that everything you think negative that you've done in your life can't possibly be taken by Jesus Christ, then I would just encourage you, talk to the people you're with, the people that introduced you to this message, the people that maybe are in your family that have heard or walked with Jesus, and be willing to take a step, create a new habit. It takes 21 days to create a new habit when trying something new. So help each other as you're watching and listening and discover what that new habit is going to be to draw you into walking out the truth of these three messages. And I'm going to close with this. Our main idea, our, our big idea of the weekend is this. Out of the many that are seeking while lost, the authority of the risen Christ makes them all one for his glorious purpose. Thanks for listening. Let's pray. Father God, in your amazing grace, you have never once, no, not once, ceased to stop being the authority in our lives and the provider of every good thing that you wish to give on your children. And Lord, for the people that are not yet saved, that you ache for in heaven, you did send Jesus to die for them. I pray that you would continue to do the work that you started, maybe even for the first time today in the lives of those listening Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you are and who you are, to whom all blessing and honor and glory and praise is given. In your name, amen.